Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Covington playing Levine, topside three ball, bam! Onions, baby onions! Zach Levine in the Bulls! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. Levine to White, this time he gives it to Williams for three. The rookie! The Pumpa! What a shot! Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Are you flat out kidding me? Matt Peck used to do a great job with the Bulls Outsider Show. Now he's doing Locked on Bulls. There he is, human foreburn. Oh, don't mess with the pooch. But watch this crossover. Bulls bird of free league ghost. So kick back. I'm not. Relax. And get ready for the best hour of your day. Uh, you know, I'm not. You can just see the vibe. And these guys are men. Locked on Bulls starts now. I love it. Pass to Levine with a right-handed jackhammer slam. Oh, my goodness, that was filthy. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. I'm getting out the dancing shoes. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley at Bulls underscore Peck. And at Locked On Bulls, hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Matt, welcome back. Happy hump day to you. Today is one of my favorite days of the week because we get to do mailbag. I'm excited to hear all the voicemails, some of the angry, frustrated Bulls fans out there. So we're going to take some texts some voicemails. But first and foremost, man, how are you? Jordan, what's going on, man? What's up, Bulls Nation? Excited that we're uh, diving into this restream and YouTube life, man. It's nice to see your face. I know. I mean, we talk to each other five days a week, but we don't do video on Uber Conference when we're in our usual recording shit. So this is uh, this is pretty cool, man. It it's, is. Uh, it's a whole new world here at Lockdown Bulls. It is, and it's going to be a lot of fun, too, because we're going to have people being able to interact with us, too, via video. Once we get to the point where we can start live streaming some of these full episodes, kind of like what we're doing in Locker Room right now, it's going to be it's going to take it to the whole new level. But yeah, it's it's different. It's going to be in a little bit of adjustment for you and I because we're not used to seeing each other while we're doing it. We're so good at picking up each other's cues that... It seems very seamless, and that's why we always didn't have video on. But uh, this is fun, and I'm excited. I'm gonna have to, to get used to that Hoosiers poster behind you. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Unfortunately, Joe Joe Kim Noah is up there, but you can't see him in the shot right now. But. This is going to be a lot of fun, so make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page right now. Just search Locked On Bulls. We'll have full episodes there every single day starting next week. Next week is really when you're going to get the first full week of our videos and all of our live content. So go there. Uh, Make sure to hit us up on our text and voicemail line as well, and make sure you download the Locker Room app because we're doing a bunch of different content now over the next couple of days. So um, with that, I said we just get right into mailbag. At the end of this podcast, you're going to hear, for those listening through your podcast feed, you're going to hear an extra 10 to 15 minute episode of us on Locker Room. We're taking live questions there. So if you want to be a part of that, download the Locker Room app and join us next week. Uh, let's kick things off, Matt, with a with a text. Let's go to, 
Let's see. Let's start on a lighter note where we started last week, or where we started at the end of the episode and bringing up our thousandth episode here. This is Casey from the 219. This is congrats on a thousand episodes, guys. Jordan, you're doing a great job at 670 The Score. Love listening to both you and Matt. Matt, keep grinding, pumping out content like a champ. On a deeper note, you guys help me get away from all the doldrum and nonsense in everyday life. Truly, you guys lift me up, and I appreciate your work on the team and love. Here's to another thousand cheers. Appreciate it. Appreciate everybody that that's listened to us uh can't tell you how much those types of messages mean to us especially when you know i mean think about it last year matt at this time we were doing content without bulls basketball we did it for nine straight months so yeah <laughs> it's crazy appreciate the text casey it was also great to see uh some people uh chiming in with their congratulatory remarks on twitter uh when we posted that tweet with our 1000th episode um Shout out to our guy, Pej Vidot, who gave us some some love on Twitter. Uh, QB1, Zach Guilford, our guy, uh, sent me a text this morning that was like, wow, dude, a thousand. That's crazy. Um, so it's it's awesome, man. Uh, I, I can't believe that, that it's been that many. And also, uh, you know, we said it yesterday, but once again, shout out to our guys, Sean Hyken and Cody Westerlin for getting this Locked On Bulls, uh, you know, podcast rolling. And uh, and everybody in the Bulls podcast family, man, it's uh, it's a great community, and and I know you and I really cherish being a part of it. I'm excited. I'm gonna and I'm almost impatient at this point because I'm excited to see what this fan base looks like and represents when the team's actually good and the team starts to win consistently. Right? We've been. It feels like we've been stuck in this weird. We shouldn't be tanking, but we're part of the tanking bottom half of bottom third of the NBA. Shouldn't be like that for a fan base as big as this Bulls team. So I'm excited for the next couple of years because I think the Bulls are on the right path. Um, Matt, before we go to another, before we go to our first voicemail, I just wanted wanted to point this text out from the three one two. It's a screenshot of Chandler Hutchison's stats. Mind you, this is a couple of days ago, but. <laughs> This Chandler Hutchison's stats, last four games with Washington, three points per game, 13.6 field goal percentage, 0% from three, 0 for seven from three, and on 18.75 minutes per game. The tweet concludes with, this is Gar Pax's second worst first round pick they've ever drafted. Marquise Teague was number one. Hutchison is not good at anything. Yeah, that's rough. I mean, he's he's good at clapping back at his doubters on Twitter after one decent game. Um along the lines of that text message earlier today, our guy Cowley had a great tweet since Hutchison scored 18 with the wizards and tweeted out quote, one man's trash. He's had three DNPs and scored five, five, zero, two, and five in the five games. He did play Washington is three and O when they sit him and one in five in his games that he's played. He had the eye pass going, and then you'll see, you see Hutch go right through. I don't have to pay the dollar fifty, baby. I'm going for free. <laughs> oh, poor Hutch. I will Stacy will never live it down. That that ridiculous young pip nickname, man. <laughs> oh man. It's something weird about former Bulls going to the Wizards and just popping off in the first couple of games. Remember Bobby Portis had something insane like 30 points, and so did Jabari Parker in their first couple of games and then sort of fizzled out in Washington. Very bizarre trade partner, but yes, think I'm just glad that that is finally over. Um, let's go to let's go to our first voicemail of the day, Matt, and then we'll get into a couple more text messages because we've got a lot of people hitting us up. So again, three three one nine seven nine one three six nine. Let's go to our first voicemail. Hey Jordan, hey Matt, this is Jackson. Just wanted to first say that huge fan of the show. Have recently been tuning in this past season. 
and I uh, really like your guys' commentary, but the main thing I'm calling in about is uh, addressing the Bulls' recent win streak, and mainly talking to the people who, you know, have said that, all oh, these wins are against shorthanded teams, they don't really count. Wait, shut up. They totally count. What are you talking about? It's like, <laughs> what's the alternative? They lose to these shorthanded teams? They're going to be out there saying that, you know, the Bulls don't really deserve to be out there, and... You know, I bet they're also the same people who, you know, during what we would call a good loss, would also be like, oh, season's a wash. Doesn't matter if they played well. It's an L. So, Zach, you know. So, I just wanted to say, like, you know, you can definitely spot a good Bulls fan based on what they talk about during, you know, this recent win streak because it's a long time coming. Guarantee you last year they would have lost, you know, lost at least a couple of these games. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Thanks. Bye. I'll put my hand up and say I was the first person to say something like that last week where I said, you know, it's great to have these wins against some pretty decent teams, but you got to have context around it. Like having not having KD and James Harden makes a b- big difference when you beat the Nets and only having eight guys right. on the Raptors team makes a big difference. I don't know. It's it's frustrated Bulls fans. I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with what Jackson's saying there. And yes, I mean, wins are wins in the NBA, especially in this recent stretch where the Bulls were getting wins on the road. Good for you. Road wins, even in COVID season with limited capacity in these stadiums, road wins are great. Um, at the same time, I don't think it's it's fair to call certain Bulls fans who are not that impressed with those wins, not real fans. If they're bringing up, OK, yeah, but no Harden, no KD. Uh, you know, these other teams that were playing well shorthanded, like the Raptors, who only dressed eight guys when we got that win against uh, against Toronto. It's fair to put things in context. Um, and it's also fair to say wins are wins. Take them where you can get them. And, you know, the, the Bulls have dealt with being shorthanded. They had uh, several players going through getting COVID or being held out because of COVID contact tracing earlier this season. So, you know, I think it all will roughly even out this season as far as teams that are dealing with being shorthanded on any given night. Take take the advantages when they're given to you, um, which I think is uh, something that certainly was upsetting uh, about not getting that Hawks win. You know, a, a shorthanded Atlanta team, a, a game you probably should have won. Uh, like uh, Minnesota, they weren't necessarily shorthanded, but they're a bad team. Probably should have beat them too. So, it, like, I think it's all a give and take of just like, hey, what, what, what is my mood as a Bulls fan today? Am I, am I surly? They're like, oh yeah, they're gonna win, good for them. Or am I like, hey, <laughs> a win is a win because I live on both sides of that fence, man. It's part of this season too. It feels like we've been sort of on a roller coaster after every big win or big loss. It seems like. I don't know if Bulls fans feel like they need to make a declaration about this team or what they're going to be for the rest of the season or what the plan is even short term over the next couple of years. It's like they're going to have bad stretches. And like you had brought up, a part of the context is like, don't forget that this Bulls team hasn't played together fully for an entire season. They've had periods of losing where they probably shouldn't have lost games had they been fully healthy. That's just part of this NBA season. But I do think that there is something worth at least noting in some of the Bulls wins that they've had recently. The context does matter around those wins because I think it helps us understand maybe some of the holes on this team when we do see the Bulls end up losing games like they did against the Hawks or the one against the Timberwolves. Whatever game you want to pick, 
those games, I think, give us a little bit better idea of why that's happening as opposed to maybe pulling off a win against just a Kyrie Nets team. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, And Jordan, not to bring it up again, but because you mentioned that Hawks game that we probably should have won, uh, we do have to give out our weekly Michelob Ultra Player of the Week award. And you and I decided that uh, in spite of the fact that the Bulls did not get the win, you have to give this week's award to one Zachary Levine, who put on one hell of a show in that game against Atlanta last weekend. 50 points, the first 50-point game of Zach's career, joining a very small and very elite list as far as Bulls franchise history. Um, You know, MJ's done it 38 times, and then there are four other guys, Zach Levine included, who have done it once or twice. Uh, Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Just 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Zach Levine was not happy. He was not having a Michelob Ultra after that Hawks game. He was not celebrating the 50 points. He clearly wanted the win more than that 50-point threshold. But even still, when you see something that rare, Jordan, especially throwing into that 50-point game the fact that he scored 25 consecutive points for the Bulls in the second quarter in his 39-point first half, those those performances are rare, and that is why Zach is our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. What's up, Matt? What's up, Jordan? Um, it's Matt checking in from Waukegan, the 847, and uh, I'm watching this Grizzlies game right now, and um, Bulls are up second quarter. I'm just watching Daniel Tice once again just be consistent, um, and I had, a, I had a quick couple of thoughts. So if this season, even though we're on a little bit of a, a losing streak right now, if this season is really about – trying to get into the playoffs and getting a little playoff experience. Daniel Tice was a starter in Boston. He proved that he could be a starter. He can stretch the floor. You know, he's shown that he can shoot. He's good at getting boards. He's physical, plays defense. What would you guys think about subbing him into the starting lineup like he has been in Boston? Um, this scenario kind of comes with Thaddeus or Patrick Williams having to move to the bench. I think the way Thad's been playing, you just can't take, you know, one of our main playmakers out of the starting lineup, just the chemistry he has with Sato and and Levine and everyone, too. So I think it would have to be Pat. I love Pat as much as the next guy. Um, I think he has one of the brightest futures of any rookie in this class. But if it's really about winning right now, if if Pat can't get it together, maybe – just maybe um, moving him to the bench for a little while until he gets hot um, and seeing how seeing how that goes. Um, I think Tyson come in and really adds him to the starting lineup that we need consistency-wise. Um, but it all depends on how Pat plays. I love Pat. I really want to see him get his minutes. So um, just let me know what you guys think about that scenario and uh, hopefully hear from you guys soon. Go Bulls Nation. Thanks for talking, guys, and uh, hope to hear from you. Take care. Matt, I'll let you answer this one first. You saw me on video right now shaking my head. And I'm just thinking about the jumbo lineup that Nick Nurse talked about a little bit where they used Markinen, But taking Patrick Williams out of the starting lineup, what did we just talk about like a week ago with Rookie of the Year awards? And part of the reason why... 
Pat Will has been part of the reason why the Bulls have had so much success winning this season. What do you think about this? Like just shaking things up completely and going to a jumbo lineup? Well, yeah, we talked about it at length yesterday, too, and also played Billy Donovan's remarks um, on the pod, his remarks after the game against Memphis when he fielded many questions about P-Dub's recent struggles and I thought did an excellent job of defending his 19-year-old rookie and saying, you guys need to chill out with these you know, wildly high expectations for what a 19-year-old rookie is going to do and, and, and realize that a 19-year-old rookie is not going to be a perfect finished product and he's going to make mistakes and he's going to have bad nights. Um, I, I guess it is kind of the... The, the self-made torture for P-Dub, if he cares about the noise at all, which maybe he doesn't, that he has looked so good in flashes that the fan base and the media is starting to expect big games from him on a nightly basis. And so when we haven't been getting them, people are wondering, is there something wrong? Is is he Has he hit the, the rookie wall? Is he lacking in confidence recently for some reason? And thusly, should he be moved to a bench role? Look, I love Daniel Tice. And Matt, uh, our caller, is not wrong, pointing out the fact that he did have significant nights starting for Boston on a pretty darn good Boston Celtics team. I think he is absolutely a capable starter in this league. I also think right now he provides awesome stuff off the bench for the Bulls. His defense, his underrated playmaking ability, and his scoring, pulling up from mid-range, he can even knock down threes ferocious attack in the offensive glass. Uh, He's a good off-ball cutter to get good looks at the basket. Those are all useful things that he's doing for the Bulls off the bench right now. Immediately taking P-Dub or Thad out of the starting lineup in order to put Tice in there. What about you? I just don't see where... There's going to be so many other problems that are going to be caused by doing that. And part one is, like, who's guarding the best player on the floor? When you play the Lakers, who's guarding LeBron then? Tice? Vooch? Thad, Thad's burned out. This like we can see Thad has hit a wall at this point, and rightfully so, man. It's it's been what twelve? He's been in the league for twelve years now. Fourteen. Fourteen years. Yeah. Playing 35, 36 minutes a night for him. Even Billy Donovan said it. That's that's not realistic for him. Well, yeah, but Jordan, he got a really good break last season. I mean, he barely plays. <laughs> like that's the thing is like. Okay, you take and you solve one problem, but you don't fix the other. Where are you getting your yeah. offense to? That would be my question. Is like Daniel Tice going to put up 15 to 20 points a game for you if you're giving him starter minutes? I mean, he did off the bench on Monday. <laughs> but again, against second units, right? Right. It's yeah. the same no, thing. I'm, I'm totally with you. Yeah. The same thing that we talked about with Mark and the same thing that we talked about with Bobby Portis a couple of days ago even – these guys are destroying second units. You put Daniel Tice back into the starting rotation, he's probably only giving you 8 to 10 a night. Again, I think it causes a lot more problems than it does provide answers. I still think that Patrick Williams is getting a lot of this unfair criticism and spotlight right now recently because the two other guys off the bench, Kobe White and Lowry Markkinen, aren't providing the offense consistently that you need. There's a huge hole. And now I think Patrick Mm -hmm. Williams is just getting the arrows pointed towards him. Right. Bulls fans are always looking for the next person to blame. (laughs) You know, and I get it. This is our fourth losing season in a row. And people are tired of losing. And when we have... What finally looks like some momentum with that three-game winning streak after these trades, and then 
can't get the fourth game on that winning streak, and then you drop a game to a team like Minnesota, and then you have another fourth quarter collapse against Memphis. Like, there's always going to be parts of this fan base looking for whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? People saying, can we start blaming Billy Donovan yet? You know, should we be questioning AK's moves that he made on deadline day yet? I'm telling all those people to chill out. I'm telling all the people who are worried about Pete Dub right now to chill out. He's a 19-year-old rookie, okay? It's like we've Donovan the... has admitted he's throwing a lot at this kid this season. Dude, it's like we've hit the switch and all of a sudden gone back to 2015 fan base at some point yeah. where it's just like screaming and living and dying with every single game with Butler and Rose and like, blow this team up. No, uh, this team is good. Right. We need to compete. Like, it's... I, well, I don't blame people for it either, but I get it. Jordan, I think you made a really good point in, the th- in that Lowry and Kobe are not giving you much right now. And so they used to be, whether you were a Lowry stand, me, a Kobe stand, that there are plenty of in Bulls Nation, a lot of people have given up on those two guys um, in various respects. Lowry given up as in like, good luck on that next contract, wherever it is, see you later. Kobe in the, you're not our starting point guard. Maybe you hang around, maybe you don't, but we're out on you being our starting point guard. So they need somewhere else to focus their like overbearing amount of love and attention. Seriously. It's, it's, you know, it's the, it's the Chris Farley and Tommy boy in the diner scene where he's talking about his potential sale and I massage it and I need it. And then I kill it. That's how Bulls fans are, are dealing with Patrick Williams right now. It's so true. It really is. And I promise you bringing Patrick Williams off the bench is only going to cause more problems. And we talked about it last week. We said like having him off the floor, even him having him in foul trouble against the Hawks most recently was a huge problem, was a massive problem. And that was part of the reason Zach put up 50 and the Bulls still lost because they let the Hawks shoot 70% from two. I digress. The frustration is there. I just don't think it's fair to spotlight it on Patrick Williams. But again, we don't have to baby Patrick Williams either. Be more aggressive and be involved. The same way that we were talking about that with Kobe. Same thing that we were talking about that with Lowry Markkinen. So appreciate the voicemail. Seriously, thank you for dropping it. You guys drop us great voicemails all the time. So hit us up 331-979-1369. Want to get to a couple of other text messages and a couple more voicemails before we get out of here. But first, want to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and college basketball and the NHL are in full swing. The MLB is around right now, too. First couple of weeks of action there. BetOnline even covers you for awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure you use the promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode of Locked Up Bulls is also brought to you by our great friends at Built Bar. Go check out builtbar.com and see all of their awesome lines of products. Not only their protein bars, which are some of the most delicious protein bars I've ever had in my life. I'm eating them religiously now, uh, and they come in a variety of great flavors. Uh, they're great for the health-conscious sports fans out there. Lose your uh, lose weight or maintain your weight while indulging in these delicious treats. Take, for example, the Peanut Butter Built Bar. That's one of my go-to flavors. 19 full grams of protein, but only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams of net carbs. 
You can also get these. Jordan, have you tried the Built Bites yet? The little mini ones? No, I and haven't. And they've come in all sorts of delicious flavors. They've got the cookie dough flavored Built Bites. It's basically just like a third of a size or a quarter of a size of a standard Built Bar. I just like keep a bowl of them in my kitchen and just like, you know, walk it back and forth from my room to the living room, wherever. Oh, pop in a Built Bite. So go check out BuiltBar.com. See all of their awesome uh, variety of products in addition to their delicious protein bars. And use that promo code LOCKED15 when you're at checkout at BuiltBar.com to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Before we go to another voicemail or text message, Matt, I don't know if you saw this tweet from Bobby Marks yesterday, but it's encouraging and I will tell you why. Ignore everything but the last sentence and tell me why this would make you excited as a Bulls fan. If you need a quality, reliable backup point guard, circle the name TJ McConnell on your wish list of free agents for the offseason. The point guard pool of free agents is a position of strength this summer. Again, part of the reason why they were so far off with Lowry Marketing keeping their options open, I think not spending Mm -hmm. all of the money that they have, they realize that there's a lot of point guards out there that can solve the Bulls' problem. It's been the Bulls' problem for what we've been bitching about it for four years now. It's been the Mm -hmm. Bulls' biggest problem. So Bulls fans that are anxious, have anxiety that they didn't trade for Lonzo or another point guard at the deadline, there's a lot of them out there. The Bulls will have money to spend if they don't spend it on Lowry. They can find other ways too, even if they re-sign Lowry. But should be positive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw Bulls fans uh, clamoring to sign Isaiah Thomas because his 10-day with the Pelicans just ran out. And I'm like, come, like this is how bottom of the barrel we are right now with our need for a point guard. He's balling McConnell out with the Pelicans. Is, yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, McConnell is definitely a name that I have been keeping an eye on, uh, and I've been watching him a lot this season. Uh, Pacers couldn't get it done against the Clippers last night. They fought hard, but they came up a little bit short. But not only do I agree uh, with with uh, Bobby Marks's comments there about his level of competency, um, and he's just you know a fine point guard who can run offensive sets. You talk about how much the Bulls are lacking in perimeter defense right now. How about you add T.J. McConnell to your perimeter defense problem and see if he doesn't help things out just a little bit? Because that dude is a menace. We already have TJ McConnell. We have TJ McConnell light in Ryan Archidiacono, and he's like the perfect cheap buy low backup point guard. But my, and you're right, he's going to get paid too this summer. It's going to be ridiculous. Oh, yeah. He's, he's definitely getting paid. But a position of strength being the point guard position this summer in free agency should bode well for the Bulls. And the Bulls will be aggressive too. And they haven't lied to us yet in terms of what they wanted to address and the needs that they want to address and doing it quickly. So, um, That's something to be excited about. Matt, let's go to another voicemail, and then we'll wrap it up with a couple of text messages as well. All right, Jordan. We'll take another text message here. This one actually came in just now as we are recording, and uh, it it definitely made me smile. This is from Kevin in New York. Uh, I called in with a similar subject, but how refreshing was that interview with Thad Young? Wow. The players are human. And we have to be reminded of that. Really interesting to hear about his and Zach's convos pre-warmups. It takes a lot for him to share his vulnerabilities. And I, as a fan, really appreciate him sharing when he has absolutely no obligation to. And again, that was from Kevin in New York. George, did you get a chance yet to listen to that Thad Young interview on the Bulls Talk pod with Goff and Casey? Because it is awesome. No, I have to check that out. It's on a long list of podcasts. Like, I have to even go back. I just started listening to Vooch. 
he went on JJ Reddick's podcast maybe about a month ago or so, right before the deal went down. So mm-hmm. that was an interesting conversation as well. I do love hearing from the players, and I think that they love talking too. It's more just about the atmosphere in which they can just be real with people. So I appreciate that podcasts have given athletes over the last couple of years specifically more room to just be themselves and be comfortable. I feel like fans feel like when guys are more realistic with you, they care. And fans can connect in a way that you can't when you're listening to pre- or post-game press conferences. Yeah, I I mean, you can tell just from his demeanor um, in the podcast that that is a very open uh, NBA player. Um, Very down-to-earth personality, willing to talk uh, and be real with guys, like our texture Kevin said. Um, and, And they covered a variety of topics. He talked about the challenges of being a husband and a father um, with the NBA schedule this season, you know, uh, contemplating retirement not too far down the road because his kids are getting older and he wants to be able to spend more time with his kids. Um, Contemplating retirement during last season because he said that he was that frustrated with how poorly things went last season and how bad things got. And he said, you know, I'm a pretty positive guy. I don't get frustrated easily. But last season was bad, man. He just said, that's how bad it was. He said, man, you know what? I might just be done with this after this season. So, you know, thanks to you-know-who for almost ruining Thad Young. Um, But it was really cool, he said, because he started talking about it with his wife, um, who said to him, you know, "You're, you're not a quitter. When he started talking to her about considering retirement. And, you know, he's gotten a lot of recognition for the way that he's bounced back this season and looks, you know, to hell with being in his mid-30s. He looks fresh. I know you said maybe we're wearing him down a little too much in these games in one of your recent comments about the Bulls starting lineup, but there's no denying that the Thad Young we're seeing this season is the one that has been the guy who has had an NBA career last damn near 15 years. Um, And it was just really great to get some of his insights on that. I have to go back and maybe we can have a bigger discussion about it on an episode later this week. But yeah, that is... That's surprising. I didn't, I mean, I can understand from his point of view is like you come to a franchise in an organization and you go, I've been in the league how long? And it's, this is what's going on here. You can understand that. And then also too, on top of that, everything that else that went on outside of basketball last year with the shutdown, people's lives, if you have just live a normal everyday life, people's lives were completely effed up think about what it did to a professional athlete's life and having to figure out whether or not they were going to go to the bubble or not so there were a lot of circumstances around it but i'm glad he stuck around because i think fans are really starting to understand this year the the impact he's having on these young guys and the impact that he's had on zach too so um yes i'm glad that he didn't retire man so that's good i'm gonna have to go back and listen to that it was definitely a new piece of information though uh, like I, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that um, either. And, and so the, the the Bulls talk Twitter account just released a little, you know, ninety second teaser of the of the episode, and it, you know they had Thad on Zoom, like it was an on camera interview, and you could also see Goff and Casey Johnson on camera. And when he said that bit about like, yeah, I actually considered just walking away. That's how bad it got. They both reacted as if that was news to them. So that was something new that Thad was willing to share that. Yeah, last season was so bad, I I almost walked away from the league entirely. Um, glad he didn't, because as you and I have discussed, he's probably the second most important piece, now third most important piece, that Vooch has arrived. 
Seriously, he is. And, you know, we talk about the importance of Patrick Williams this season, just his rookie year. But you're right. In terms of veteran leadership and guys who are actually stepping up and helping guys, and even in ways that, like, we talk about it all the time, sometimes guys just do it to, um, you know, show face and show that they're they're a good person, a they, they want to do the right thing. That always isn't reciprocated by other players or their teammates um, or it's not exactly the way that they say it and that's the type of guy and it feels like Garrett Temple is that type of guy too who knows exactly sees talent when when they see it they played with a bunch of different teammates before and just does the right thing both of those guys I think Mm -hmm. are very very important veterans and you understand now why Garrett Temple's been on a bunch of different teams it's not because he's a bad player it's because he's such a good damn leader so many other teams Mm -hmm. want to help develop their young guys and he's part of that all right let's take this uh, hypothetical uh from our friend at Clayton from the 779 and then we'll get out of here hey what's up guys it's Clayton calling in got like a hypothetical question for you all so Knowing that the pick this year that got traded to Orlando is top four protected, would you rather, if you knew that you could get a top four pick in the lottery, how far would it take the Bulls advancing in the playoffs for you to think, okay, we made it this far, I'm willing to part ways with that fourth pick in the draft? Like, is making the Eastern Conference, like, semifinals the point where you could say, okay, give that fourth pick away to Orlando – or if you knew, like, guaranteed top four picks to the take going to the Eastern Conference Finals, the actual finals, like, it's just a purely hypothetical question where you know you're getting that top four pick. Um, like, where is the value trade-off of getting the X point to play off versus having that top four pick? Just figured I'd ask the question. It's been on my mind. Thanks, guys. Matt, it's not a bad question. We kind of, in our own way this season, we dealt with that, having a top four pick and deciding whether or not you could deal it, but... Where where do you draw the line? What I don't think anything guarantees. It doesn't guarantee you anything. If you have the number one pick, it's not guaranteed that you're going to have success. And the flip side of that, trading it away doesn't guarantee you an Eastern Conference Finals or even a Finals appearance. There's been plenty of teams over the last two decades that have been able to do that. So what do you think? I think that this is an interesting question that Clayton poses. If it were 2023 and not 2021. Because right now, to me, the hypothetical of, you know, how deep of a playoff run would it take for you to willingly give up that, you know, the chance at that top four protected pick? And it's hard for me to think about that because as this team is currently constructed, I can't picture them making a playoff run. Um, You know, and, and I have a pretty wild imagination, Jordan. I just like, to me, it's a moot point. It's a moot question because... Even if the Bulls somehow get out of the 7 through 10, assuming they hang on to at least 10th, which right now isn't even a given, and somehow win their way into an actual playoff series as the 8th seed, they're not winning that season. They're they're not winning that series. Call me a doubter. Call me a a non-believer, a hater, whatever. They're not winning that series. Plain and simple. Um, Conversely, how excited would I feel if the Bulls were – able to add to this team a Suggs, a Cade Cunningham, uh, you know, other other pick of that caliber in the top five of this draft class, yeah, I'd, I'd feel pretty d- darn excited about that. So the answer is I'd, I'd trade the make-believe playoff run that's not going to happen to keep that top four protected pick absolutely 10 times out of 10. Yeah, I think for the Bulls situation specifically, it 
at this point, the moves that they have made, even at the trade deadline, indicate that that's not a move that the Bulls are looking to make, too. And I don't, do you blame the front office at, at some point? Like, the Bulls haven't had any success in developing players over the recent stretch, at least success in terms of getting them to an all star caliber point or even getting them part of the rotation consistently. None of that has. None of that has worked out, and that's not any of the new front office's fault or Billy Donovan's fault. It's just the way it is, and I don't know if that circumstance, whatever. That, to me, would say, I think AK and Mark Eversley are looking more towards winning as opposed to being able to develop. It's all a crapshoot, too. When you talk about the top of the lottery, you're not guaranteed anything. Even if there is a stud like Zion Williamson or John Morant, you're still not guaranteed anything when you go down that path. We talked about it a month ago, I think. We were talking about like how... How long it takes you to get back once you decide as a franchise to be a rebuilding organization. Look at how long it took the Celtics to get back to where they were. And they got lucky. They got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Look at the 76ers. They got lucky. And look at how many first round picks and top lottery picks that they wasted. That they wasted. I think about the Lakers, too. That's the most egregious one, man. Like, if they if LeBron didn't go there and save them, they would still be dealing with mediocrity and not being able to develop players. So I think it's all about situation and circumstance and how confident you are in being able to develop players. Yeah, I, I think it's a very good point, um, especially with, with Boston and L.A. being two great examples of this treasure trove of, of first-round picks not necessarily always panning out and, and paying off. And the Bulls, um, in their own right, have seen some disappointment with their top 10 lottery picks in the post-Jimmy Butler era. Um, Lowry and Kobe and Wendell, chief among them. I mean, uh, none of them developed the way that we hoped or or hoped they would or, or wanted them to. And so in that regard, yes, I could see maybe Clayton thinking along the lines of, I'd, I'd rather see this team make a playoff run than... Uh, try and somehow sneakily keep that pick that we gave up to get Vooch. Um, and like I said, two years from now, when theoretically this Bulls team is going to be much more competitive, you know, I think they will be a playoff team next season and the season following. So when you talk about the the top four projections on the first round pick they gave up in 21 and 23, that's why I said at the beginning, it's a much more interesting question for 2023 when I think that this team is going to be more competitive and capable of making a playoff run and saying, you know, how, how much do you value potentially getting a top tier pick versus going, you know, and making a stride, maybe not winning a championship or even getting to the conference finals, but making strides with the pieces you currently have. That's a good point. And like, again, we talk about like this, this question alone could be like two episodes by itself because there's so many different examples that we've had over the last couple of seasons. Just recently, like you were talking about players that had high, like Wendell Carter Jr. across the board had high praise for where he was picked. Like he was being talked about as a top five draft pick, but a lot of times it's it's circumstances where you end up. You know, I, like I know this isn't a straight comparison to Carter, but I was reading an article Zach Lowe did a couple of years ago on Ben McLemore and his journey from being a lottery pick and all the injuries and everything else that he went through. He said, you know, it's all about circumstance. Had I landed at a different spot in my career, a different team with a different mentality. I would say that my career might have been a little bit different, but he said it's so important those first couple of years, depending on where you land and the importance of developing players and being in the right situation at the right time. 
Um, this is a fascinating question. I'm glad they brought up, but I, I think in short term, the Bulls making that move and, and trading for Vooch was part because they want to win. They want to convince Zach to win. And I think that was the marching orders, man. We talked about it with Billy Donovan a little bit, but I think the marching orders was get this pack team back to relevancy, even if it doesn't mean a championship necessarily over the next three to five years. Right. Contention, um, competitiveness, respectability. Um, you know, I think even the Reinsdorfs got sick after last year of being a team that was so far out of realistic competition uh, that that's why they finally made the moves, not only to, to get rid of Jim, but overhaul the front office as well. So, you know, I, I know that these are like lean times as far as the like uh, elasticity of the Bulls fan base's patience. And especially after making such big moves and waves at the trade deadline to bring in talent and give up draft capital, Bulls fans are now saying, we want results. It's time. Start. Let us start seeing these results. And it was just poor timing that Bulls fans are demanding those results in a stretch when in this ridiculously compact schedule because of COVID and the Bulls playing nine of 10 games on the road against playoff caliber you know, uh, competition, they went three and seven in their first 10 games after these big trades when Bulls fans wanted to see the payoff immediately. I think this is something that maybe we even bring back in the offseason because it's it's a conversation that's interesting and worth talking about from the context of being out of the gutter as far as the first three years of a rebuild and what it looks like now that we do have two stars and what's the next steps and uh, the many different paths this Bulls team could go on short term. Uh, but that's going to about do it here on Locked on Bulls. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, if you're hanging out with us on Locker Room right now, we're stay tight. We are going to be there for the next 10, 15 minutes taking your questions. You want to be a part of our Locker Room conversation next week. If you're listening to this on the podcast right now, you can do so. Go download the Locker Room app right now. It's available for iOS devices. Download it. Sign up. Make an account. Make sure you follow Locked On Bulls, Locked On Podcast Network, and Jordan C. Malley so you make sure that you know when we go live every single week, it'll send you an alert. So go download the Locker Room app if you want to be a part of the conversation. Uh, that'll be a part of this episode, too, at the back end. So hang tight. Thanks for everybody that's been listening. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked On Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.